sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of uh, the uh, still-named Beer Engine podcast. Um, it's Griff with you here, Tony. Uh, somewhere um, remotely uh, checking in. Um, like I said last week, we would usually be checking in in person, be staring right at each other's uh, beautiful faces, uh, um, envisioning, um, you know, sort of the uh, the possibilities that could only unfurl when you're in the same room together. But unfortunately, we're many thousands of miles apart uh, due to the coronavirus, of course. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm alive, so that's more than I can say for a lot of New Yorkers. Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> that was well, dark. Tony, we can't wait to have you back. We can't wait to have you back here, of course. So we know that'll happen uh, anytime now. But yeah, tough start. <laughs> uh, we already retook this one, so we're going to have to leave that in. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Um, if you can't tell, uh, our uh, occasional uh, co host and guest, uh, Brian Malik, is joining us. Brian, what's going on, dude? Better than all the dead people. Oh, sorry, I totally <laughs> took my line. Uh, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, I don't know. Are we? I mean, that's another depressing day. <laughs> I would say uh, nobody I, knows what I, this I, is. So I would say that the living uh, envy the dead. <laughs> sorry. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and say living. Living gets the at least. Um, the the thumbs up ish um, for mm-hmm. for the day, uh, especially in the in a you know the uh, the the world of um, uh, go, stepping outside is uh, is frowned upon in in this in this new environment um, as we've been talking about for the last three weeks, but, but we are still in the uh, this is a part of the time that people who are listening will remember was the time where you had to stay inside your house, um, or for people from the south, it was the time where everything was the same. And everything is fine <laughs> and nothing bad. Let it roll. Yeah, let it roll. Right. So continue doing normal stuff like going to your church with 1,500 other people. Um, things are going good uh, here. Tony, I asked you before the show if, if you would pick out a beer for me, and then you didn't respond, and you said, I sent the link. So, uh, <laughs> did, you get that, did you get that beer link? Yep. So let's uh, – Let's let's try this again. I did send you a picture with some beers. I do have them here, and I thought this would be a fun experiment for you guys to try. Uh, Brian, you're welcome to participate since <laughs> you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, and that probably makes it funnier. Uh, I'm uh, I'm drinking a man I'm drinking a Manhattan. So if one of the uh, pictures is that, then I got it. Uh, so I have. Um, I'll I'll try to describe them. I think the listeners will really appreciate this if I just try to describe the, the look and the uh, name of these beers. One of them. Uh, is called silt, as in the stuff that would be in a river, I guess, or something. Um, I remember, I remember that being in the Bible. I think <laughs> uh, one of them is called a megabyte and has a picture of a shark on it, and it's kind of cool art. And then one of them is called is called I almost said Epstein layers, but it's called Epsicle layers, and it has a picture of a dreamsicle on it. And uh, mm. that's all I'm going to tell you about these beers. So. Uh, fellas, pick out pick out one for me. Brian, what are you leaning towards? Because I've seen the pictures, so I definitely have a favourite. But out of Griff's description, which one are you leaning towards? I'm guessing the Epstein beer. 
Um, no, but that's, that's only because I'm anti-Semitic. I would say, no, of course I would say the creamsicle. Creamsicles are like my favorite. I, uh, uh, I would pick that. If there's a beer that tastes like a creamsicle for real, then that would be my favorite beer. All right. We're going to do it. Fuck my vote. Here's my, what are you going to pick, Tony? Yeah. You're going to pick that too. Uh, I already know it. No, I was going to pick the Megabyte, so. Brian's the guest. She gets to choose. Here's my problem with uh, beers sometimes is I feel like sometimes they make promises like that and they don't deliver. Right. So like it's like this beer tastes like banana bread. And I'm like, really? And then oh, I'm yeah, like, oh, no, that beer does not. I'm like, but but not really. <laughs> like it does. It doesn't taste like I'm eating banana bread. It's just like a, it's kind of like no. a, a little bit of a cinnamon aftertaste or something. I'm like, don't bullshit yeah. me. I want a melted creamsicle in this can. So is it a melted creamsicle? There is no melted creamsicles in this. Uh, this is a kind of a newish style of beer, Brian, that, that Tony's probably only actually lightly familiar with since I'm not sure how much they've blown up in Australia. But it's a milkshake India pale ale, uh, which sounds stupid when I say it out loud. And it is stupid. Um, it's brewed with orange, vanilla, and milk sugar. Um, so it does have all the components of a dreamsicle in it. So, and this is a really, really thick beer. Yeah. I love yeah. the way you say it it's makes a, it less appealing. Goop, goop. <laughs> thick with two C's, I like to say. <laughs> I'm not trying to make it sound appealing. I am familiar with the milkshake IPA. I don't know whether I'm bored. I'm on board with them, to be honest. I was to start with. I've never had a great example, Griff. They're extremely undrinkable, and I have 16 ounces of it sitting here, so. Oh, good. Well, enjoy that drink. Me, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I like how you. It should last. Uh, I, I, that was like a, that was like an old school. Let's make a deal where one of the beers was a zonk, and I just fucking picked the zonk for you, and now you have to drink it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'll live okay. with this. It's fine. I, the, right. As long as the, I keep feeding the alcohol directly into <clears throat> myself for the uh, duration of this quarantine uh, situation, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Now, what is the alcohol on that baby? Is it, uh, are we talking like a six and a half percenter or are we talking a crazy nine? This is a, uh, nobody will ever know because it doesn't say, so God only knows. There's no, there is no marking on here that would tell me how much alcohol is in this, so. As I'm drinking this Manhattan, I'm actually reminded of uh, the time that I made one for you, Griff. You uh, you were visiting and you brought these two bottles of like bourbon from, I don't know, somewhere in your travels. I don't remember exactly where you got them. Uh, but uh, I was like, oh, well, let me make something. I'll make a Manhattan. So I took one of the bottles and I uh, I made two Manhattans with the bottle. These are not full bottles, uh, by the way. There's, and so I, I I gave one to Griff, and, and then he looks at me. He's like, did you use the whole bottle? And I'm like, yeah, I think there was probably just two drinks worth in, in one, one of these bottles. <laughs> then we looked, and there was like six and a half ounces in the – I was like, oh, all right. Well, I might have overserved, uh, as it turns out. I think it was uh, a 375-milliliter bottle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so like, like it turns out bottle essentially. Yeah. Tony, you should know that when I'm when I'm making cocktails at home, uh, the measuring device I use is the cup I'm serving it in. Uh, so like in my mind, I'm like, no, look, it filled, this is how big the cup is. But it turns out that's not the appropriate way to measure alcohol. So, uh, yeah, it's been that's that's been my life pre quarantine. 
Now, since then, though, and I'm sure, uh, well, neither Tony nor I uh, are have have um, sort of a similar situation to you. I mean, I have the similar situation to you in that I've been in the house um, with a very beautiful woman for 28 days, and uh, I'm right. ri- essentially risking everything in order to <laughs> step outside and not die. Um, but you're also you risking. Also you're also risking. Uh, you're risking your whole relationship by staying locked inside. Uh, oh, exactly. With no, yeah, so I'm with risking no, my relationship. Either way, either way, you're in trouble. I'm, I'm gonna die. I essentially, <laughs> is sort of the, the like. There's there's a yeah. good possibility if I get kicked out of here, it's really likely. Um, <laughs> if I can hun- hunker down here for a while, and I if I beat the illness. Um, at that point we have, uh, I have to find something to do by myself because, uh, I could very quickly, um, just be left on the street and we all know how helpless I am pretty much to anything except <laughs> being able to cook for myself. So, uh, it's going to be trouble. Now you've got the, the, the children around, which actually gives you some level of de- codependency actually, uh, which may help you in that case. Um, how has, uh, how has that been, um, kind of treating you in the in the week mm-hmm. since we've uh, spoken on this so it's there's a several edges to this sword right so on the one hand yes it gives you a reason to like wake up uh and do like just get your shit together every day uh it's also it gives the two of us something to focus on so we're not just like weirdly in each other's space which would be worse because right um like i am I'm I'm built for quarantine. Like I I'd be fine quarantined. I'd watch my shows and I'd make my food and I would just whatever. But my wife is a busybody, right? She can't sit still. So she is always bouncing around and like I can't I can't feel good about just sitting on the couch when she's doing that because she'll shoot me like a look because in her mind, she's like, there's <laughs> 1 million things to do. Why are you watching the 2013 NBA finals? Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I think maybe Duncan pulls it out this time. Uh, but yeah, right. uh, but uh, she, so it's, that is uncomfortable. Uh, so uh, that, if if there were no kids that we could both kind of focus on, then that right. uh, that would be that would be rough. I think the relationship would suffer because of that. The flip side of that is, um, I don't know if you've heard those people talking about how like oh, there's going to be a second baby boom, like a quarantine baby boom. I will mm-hmm. tell you right now, uh, the asterisk to the quarantine baby boom is people who don't already have children. Because if you are locked in with just your partner and your children and there's nowhere you can go and nothing you can do and it's 24-7, the last thing you want to do is anything that might make another child. Um, <laughs> right. It's uh, – yeah, that that has been a uh, – that has been in harsh decline. Um, one, because they're yeah, around all the time, was, so it's not like a sexy vibe, but also like, yeah, you just like, what, what if something happened and we had another one of this? I'm skeptical of this, uh, uh, the the quarantine baby boom, if only because um, who is encouraged by the idea of even in nine months saying, oh, I will have to go to the hospital for something like right. that is not. That is not an that is not an okay thought. I think right now, and I know nine months is a long ways from now, but uh, I don't think um, I, I'm going to be. I would be pretty surprised if if we're really comfortable with the idea, even by then. Um, 
that's uh, I, I don't know who's thinking about that. I did uh, I did hear a lot of that similar talk around here though that we're going to have like a population burst, and that's that's frankly horrifying uh, uh, to me. Uh, <laughs> not going to be an issue here, I don't believe, uh, honestly. Right. Well, here, let me ask you guys this, because I've, I've heard I've heard two differing opinions, and I think I know where you land on this, uh, Griff, so I'm going to go to Tony first. Uh, once, like, we get the all clear and we can, you know, whatever, the government or whoever says, okay, you know, we encourage you guys to get back out there, are you like, yes, thank God, I can't wait to get out, or are you like, fuck that, man, like, I don't know what's still out there, I'm, I'm hunkering down longer? Uh really depends how we go about uh, the all clear. If it's all clear at once, a big, beautiful opening, as Trump would say, I would definitely <laughs> be worried about that shit. I don't think that's how it fucking works. We're not talking about the, the post-quarantine baby boom, okay? Right. Sorry, <laughs> big, big, beautiful opening. What I wouldn't <laughs> give for a big, beautiful opening right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if the restrictions are slowly eased, if we start being allowed to um, to resume more normal activities, um, more um, and that happens on a gradual basis over weeks and months rather than one big relaxing of the rules, then yes, I'd be comfortable in, in taking part in whatever those relaxation of those rules are. But if it's a big, beautiful opening, a cavernous opening, mm-hmm. um, no, I wouldn't oh, yeah. be um, going out into the community shaking hands with everybody, Boris Johnson style. Is shaking hands gone? Like, is that, yeah. is that over, do you think, forever? I fucking hope I, so. I, I think so. It's over, yeah. It's done. Yeah. God. Have you seen anybody yet? I mean, you've been in offices, Brian. I mean, people are gross. <clears throat> They don't. They, they fucking don't wash their hands after using the bathroom and stuff. Nasty. Yeah. Nasty well, you know, freaks. What uh, What is kind of weird? What is kind of weird about this is, it. I I am not a germaphobe by any means. Like I just I I almost never think about it. I wash my hands after I go to the bathroom because yep. that's what you're supposed to do. And the sink's right there, so there's no excuse not to. But I I almost don't think of it. Like I'm not a guy that travels with hand sanitizer. I'm actually really bad about like washing my hands before I eat and stuff like that. It's just it's just not something that I think about. But now I'm doing it all the time and it makes you incredibly uh, aware of all the shit you're touching. Right. So I'll touch doorknobs. I don't give a fuck. Like, but now, now I think about it and, uh, and I still have to go to an office, you know, a few days a week for like half a day. And, uh, and we keep the door locked with a sign up and the number of people that still want to like come in and chat is, yeah, is remarkable. And all I can think about is like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta, fucking follow their hands and see what they touch throughout the course of this. And, uh, and I don't like that. Yeah. I got freaked out today. I was just unloading. I was unloading some groceries and, um, we've been on the whole move of like Clorox wiping everything. Um, uh, anything that comes in the house gets like a, a sanitize or it sits outside for three days so that it like dissipates or whatever. Um, so we're insane now, but I was never that way. Right. I mean, I did drum corps for God's sake where you pretty much just are inviting illness. You're around 130 teenagers uh, every day for 65 days, you know? Um, so I was never like a germaphobe in any sense of the imagination, but now I'm a lunatic, I think. I've, I've gone totally, I've lost it entirely, like lost the thread of this. I touch my face and I'm like freaking 
God, I'm like, do I need to put hand sanitizer on my face now? What do I do? Um, I'm, I'm wiping the doorknobs down after I come inside from walking around the neighborhood. I'm crossing the street in the middle of the street. If I see somebody else on the sidewalk, I'm like, get the hell away from me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm really anxious of what I'm going to be like in whatever, in June or July when we actually can, when they do start sort of pulling back a little bit of this thread, but it's terrifying. Well, one of the things that we've been encouraged to do in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same in America, is to go with um, cashless payment using just tap and go with your card to limit the spread of germs on my money. And America, I always found, was a much more cash-based society. Have you sort of changed the way you guys spend money? Are you putting more on your card? Are you still handling money? Because <clears throat> that shit's made of paper and it lives on there for th- three days or whatever the fuck it is. So that, that's gross to me than a doorknob for sure. It, that's the only reason I have cash is because I, uh, I gamble, uh, and that's off the table. Uh, so I, I, I have not been rolling with much cash at all. Um, but I, you know, I'm sort of a landlord to, you know, a bunch of places. So there are still, I'm, I, and it's not a small percentage of people that still want to pay with a check or a money order or something like that. So, uh, like I'll I'll come in to the office after a couple of days and there'll be like a, a stack of money orders sitting there. And now I'm just like staring at this fucking stack of paper and I'm like, who touched it? What did they get involved with? Right. Uh, and yeah, again, that's something that I would never even fucking think about ever. Uh, and now I'm constantly thinking about it. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if it's like I lost some of my innocence or I just fucking woke up to the way the world is. But uh, <laughs> one way or another, like it's it's now constantly on my mind. Uh, but I would say in general, yeah, cash is not is not being flying flying around lately. Yeah, because I just wonder how many of the, these changes about our our long term thinking are going to last. Because like nine eleven was twenty years ago. Or, or close enough to it, um, and we still have changed the way the way we um, think about airport security, and and that has really continued to be really strict. I just wonder, long term, how many of these these changes will we see within the community? Will this be a long term thing where people actually think about the spread of germs and their interaction with other people, or will we just go back to normal and and be hanging around with with dirt bags on Florida beaches. Me and me and Kelly are probably in the top, you know, I would say one to three percentile of anxiety level on this. I would guess, right? Um, we're we're uh, we're pretty much we've been in the house for four weeks, um, uh, venturing out only in my car, and then like briefly outside of it for a medical um, appointment and. Uh, that was it. I, I pretty much only either been in my car or in the house and uh, we're wiping our groceries down with Clorox wipes. We are taking every over the top precaution that is um, probably largely unnecessary. If you just remember to wash your hands consistently, right? Which we're also doing. So my hands are wearing down to the bone and I'm turning into like Mark Summers. I'm sure lots of people will get that. <laughs> I, I know what you're but, talking uh, about. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, and Brian, I would guess that you and uh, your wife are probably in the top five to ten, right? You're still having to go to work, which is a kind of a switch. And you're willing to go to the grocery store, something I am not willing to do. Um, yeah. So you're probably still pretty high up. I would guess a large portion of the rest of the country 
hasn't really changed very much. They're just walking around noticing like, wow, things are weird here these days, huh? And they're just, oh, damn, I can't go to the bar anymore, you know? Um, I think there's a lot more people not doing anything different than than, um, I'd like to believe, which is why I'm probably going to be in the house for an extra month or so after anyone says it's okay to come out. Well, it's definitely like, and and not necessarily people that are dumb in other parts of their life, but people have now gotten to that point where like the, because we've been doing this for a month or more, like the initial fear has sort of waned and now the annoyance is setting in, right? So and with everything, right. it's kind of like a balance. When you're more scared than annoyed, you are overly, like just over the top precautious. Once you're more annoyed than you are scared, then you start getting selfish and you're like, this is bullshit. Right. Uh, well, how long am I going to have to do this? I want to get out of here. Like we have some friends that are just like so, um, you know, uh, crazy that they've been bottled up. And, uh, you know, with kids that they're going to take a road trip to visit some family in Arizona next week. And I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Like, you shouldn't do that. But obviously, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, obviously do what you need to do. My mom, who uh, uh, is, you know, been a workaholic my whole life, pretty much, uh, has now for one week been working at home and said, is there any way like you'd be willing to let us like just watch the kids for a while. And I'm like, I would gladly give you all three kids forever uh, because I've been <laughs> bottled up with them for so long. But you may have heard that there's a bit of a situation outside. So no, I'm not going to like drive them across state lines and then drop them off with you. That's an insane thing to say. Uh, but again, like the longer we're in this and the more irritating it becomes, the more people are going to hate it. Uh, so I think that we're going to start seeing a bigger backlash, like if this goes much longer than, you know, May. I think Memorial Day is about my most optimistic outlook for the like the the comfort level anyone would have in, say, and I'm not I'm not saying I would go back to my life as normal. I'm saying maybe I'd be cool to like go to dinner or something right by then. But I'd, I'm I'm that's like the really high optimism level like i don't i don't think that's particularly likely um unless we unless something comes out that's um particularly meaningful like one of these you know not to get too into the weeds on this but like the the immunity serological testing or whatever it is that can tell you like you already had this or something you know um that that would kind of change your kind of viewpoint on it i think but no, yeah, uh, get me out of the, out of here for a while. I can buy all the beer and get it shipped to my house. I don't care. It's fine. I've been doing exercise, walking an, an hour a day to keep the diabetes at bay, and I've been enjoying the fact that nobody else has been out and about. But as this thing has started to drag on, more people are getting out to exercise or what they call exercise. The people that were out were taking precautions and were giving people two and a half to three metres of space as they pass by. But I've noticed in the past couple of days, people haven't been giving that space all the time. And and that's my concern going forward is is people that, that have taken it seriously for two weeks or have just got sick of it, then put everybody else at danger. And that's that's my fear going forward. And, and 
other than swearing at them, I don't know what you can do. I, I'm prepared to be an asshole. Just swear at them, Tony. Just tell them to fuck. Hey, get the fuck out of my way. That's how a New Yorker would do it, and you've seen how it's working out for them. Sorry, yeah, I they're doing fine. That in there too. They're doing fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I ran across two adults riding on the footpath by themselves, and they were not willing to get off the footpath to allow the walkers by. They just rode straight by. You had no time at getting past them, and I did call them assholes to their face. Nice. Well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna beat up a guy with a limp and a claw hand. Like, what kind of a piece of garbage <laughs> are you? Like, of course you can say they're. And I can't. Griff and I can't go around calling people assholes, especially not Griff. He's on <laughs> blood thinners. Like one one punch. Right, yeah. This guy. This guy's in the hospital. No one's looking right, for that. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting so bitten by, my uh, my whole, by dogs in my neighborhood anyway. So. <laughs> my whole, uh, <laughs> I guess, biggest concern is, and you know, like I, I get the, uh, I get the want to just like get back and, and feel normal again. But just because, you know, again, just because Trump says it's a big, beautiful opening, it does, that doesn't mean anything. So let's just say that they're like, okay, yes, everything's back open for business. That doesn't mean people are going to fucking do it. You know what I mean? So this idea that he's going to rescue the economy by uh, making it open on May 1st or whatever it is, is uh, completely absurd. Like no one's going to go anywhere unless they absolutely have to, at least not, you know, most rational people. Uh, I mean, uh, I keep thinking like if they hadn't closed the casinos, first of all, Nevada's numbers are comparatively low to what they could have been if they hadn't gotten super aggressive almost, right? Um, right. If they, I can tell you right now though, if they open the casinos, I promise you they'd be full. I promise you. Uh, there would be people everywhere, but I don't know that the small businesses that everybody seems to be so worried about, that they would be helped at all. Uh, I think think that they probably would still suffer. Uh, so it's just, I don't know, this whole thing is like a, a big giant fucking mess, but um, yeah, what are you going to do? There, I think people are hunting for like a father figure in this, and I know this has been, a, not to, uh, but they're, they're looking for, they need Trump or they need here, they need J.B. Pritzker or they need Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or somebody to tell them everything or Fauci is a great example, right? They need that uh, Dr. Fauci to tell us it's okay. Meanwhile, that guy three weeks ago was telling us to get on cruise ships. He's like, no, I wouldn't worry about getting on a cruise ship. Everything's fine. You know? (laughs) So I I would advise people to not dig around and look for someone to tell any of these people to know what the hell they're doing. And I would say, if you don't want to die, and if you're one of my friends, especially just, just, I would wait it out two or three more weeks and after that they say it's okay. You know, after any of those people say like, come on out, it, it's everything. Water's great. You know, out here, um, you just, you just stay locked up, uh, for a couple more weeks and let, let the, let the herd immunity build up a little stronger before you start meandering out of the house. Because I, I think it's, um, I don't trust any of these people, uh, not to turn into a total conspiracy theorist at the same time as being a germaphobe at the same time as being OCD, but Hey, might as well pick them all up at once. Huh? Is that really a conspiracy theory or is government in general, just incompetent, no matter what kind of government you get, authoritarian democracy, 
communism. They're all fucking in it. Well, yeah, well, it, well, it's more so more so than just being. This is what you're kind of learning. I mean, most people knew on some level, but this is what you're kind of seeing, especially here in America. It's not so much that it's incompetence. It's just uh, just overwhelmingly selfish and corrupt. Like you really get a sense right. of of what's of like. You know, Trump panicking and just wanting more money to be coming in, right? And 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 you got fucking you know that uh, uh, that melting Ken doll of Jared Kushner saying like, well, this is our reserve. I'm like, who's our? <laughs> I thought we were this country. Like, you, isn't our reserve like all of ours? Or do you mean it's yours? So like, right. you just get that feeling like that's that's what they care about. They don't care about you. They don't care about you know, uh, the individuals and health and all of those things, they, they, they function, at least our country functions on the dollar and the, the, just the threat of that having stopped for as long as it has is absolutely terrifying right. to them. So it's not, you know, inept or, 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 you know, stupid. It's just selfish. Okay. Well, I've got two questions to sort of wrap up today and, First one goes to Brian. Will you ever set foot on a cruise ship ever again? Uh, funny you should mention that. I've never been on a cruise ship, uh, and I don't ever plan on uh, going on a cruise ship. <laughs> I was actually once offered to do stand-up on a cruise ship uh, from a buddy of mine. From a buddy of mine who uh, like made a whole living out of it, and he loved it. Uh, and I was like, I guess I'd try it, but they wanted you to sign on for seven. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Why would they want you to sign on for seven? And then like a light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, because it's probably fucking shitty. Uh, so I didn't do that gig. And I've, I've never taken a cruise. <laughs> I've never, uh, I never planned on it. Um, and uh, now, again, this is coming from a guy who is like not a germaphobe at all. Now I'm afraid to even go to the fucking South Point buffet again, let alone live on a cruise ship for a week. So, uh, no, the, it's, it's a hard pass for me. Griff, would you ever go on a cruise ship or would you have even thought about it in the first place? I, I will answer this, but I do want to, I just because I know we're having a delay and I, not to spoil that for the listeners, um, <laughs> I'm going to, <laughs> they're going to be able to tell. Let me, uh, but, uh, let me, um, I, I have a question for Brian after this, but, uh, I have been on a cruise. Um, I uh, went uh, many years ago for free and had a primo experience, meaning if you can go on a cruise this way, uh, don't do it now. But if you could have done it 10 years ago, you should have because I had like a butler and shit because somebody else paid for it. And it was pretty cool. But um, even then, it was like norovirus-ish time and everybody was a little on edge about that. Um, we were hand sanitized to hell um, you know, kind of in the same type of world that we were, were in today, except it was sunnier and more fun. Um, but uh, uh, I would never in, in a million years do it now. I And if you gave it to me for free, I still would be like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but uh, Brian, I was going to ask you, you know, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, shaking hands, we were talking about shaking hands might be done forever. Um, and you were talking about the buffet. So, Things that are kind of traditional in Vegas or are very popular in Vegas, buffets. Um, well, blackjack has become less uh, tactile, as it were, not to not to pull out that throwback. but <laughs> Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> uh, but some of this stuff is, it feels like it's going to change or maybe there's going to be some new protocol put in or we're going to get more used to like clocks wiping our slot machines or maybe people were doing that already. But um, do you think any of that stuff is easy? 
either going to fade out a little bit like the phase or otherwise or is are, are people just going to dive right back into everything being normal in vegas once everything just opens up that's a great question i honestly don't know i mean buffets specifically are such a like staple here and have been for fucking half a century that i i the thought of those just suddenly going away are are crazy so i i mean my instinct is to say no like they're probably not going to be doing great for a while, but I don't think they'll ever just go away. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what Vegas is going to look like. You know what I mean? Everything about Las Vegas is based on a bunch of people being in one space, right? Like, you know, you play blackjack, your legs are touching the people's legs next to you. It's just the way the fucking tables are set up. Right. It's uh, everything is just cram as many people into this thing as you possibly can uh, and see and see where you end up. So I I really am wondering, like, what what is all of Las Vegas going to look like when this is all said and done? I, I think we're going to see a dramatic change with that city specifically, whether it moves moves. I know it's not purely based on gambling these days, but I think a good portion of its economy has got to move away from that and become a more regular focused town. And I I, I don't know whether we'll see changes within people's behaviour and within the casinos, but I, I certainly think um, they will take a hit um, long term and, and we'll see a, a, a changing of how Las Vegas but goes. But you know what, at... At the same time, like, I think there's going to be a pretty substantial percentage of the population that does a full-on backlash. And they're like, the second they're allowed to are going to be like, fuck yeah, man, Vegas. I've been cooped up in my house for two months. I want to go there. I want to fucking, you know, just cut loose. And so I think there is going to be like an initial surge of people that just don't give a fuck and just right. want, you know, again, that they that they just want to feel something again so um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird it's gonna be weird one last question to the both of you what is getting you through this whole thing outside of alcohol just one thing that's really brightening your day or your week that's helping you get through this whole drama go ahead griff all right i'll go first yep uh yep um Besides alcohol, you said? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so I I will say not to not to this has already been um oh boy, we get the we get the comic in here and we get serious for way, way longer in our show. I think it's because I think it's because I'm afraid to tell jokes in front of Brian because he just makes fun of how stupid. No. It's the fact <laughs> the, that, uh, that comics are dark people. They bring out the darkness in all of well, us. Well and also uh you guys may not have heard this, but uh, stand up comedy doesn't exist as a as a job anymore. It's gone. So so I'm switching I'm just becoming real a real dark novelist. It's <laughs> It's now on Zoom, I think, is where uh, everybody's standing <laughs> doing that bit where they uh, do stand-up comedy to their dog or whatever. Um, so bad. Yeah, so uh, I am – I will say that in uh, – to be perfectly honest for a little bit of this, my uh, um, I am lucky in that me and my uh, wife are uh, comfortable in this um, experience. We talked about this a little bit last time Brian was on, but um, we did this already. <laughs> I mean, and I couldn't drink and we right. couldn't drink then right well, I couldn't she could have but she didn't um uh, so we've, we've already kind of dealt with this and uh 
we're pretty um we're both working so we're kind of able to to sort of we're, we're apart for a portion of the day still so i think that's helped um in terms of like hobbies and stuff uh, i don't know i haven't picked up anything interesting i've been cooking a lot uh, um i'm doing things that maybe i'm turning more into tony too I, i'm becoming a tough combo of like germaphobe ocd tony uh so we got that um boy that is uh I'm that's tickling. that's something to that's something to fucking ex- aspire to yeah. jesus christ it's working out well for me so it's gonna I'm work like, out uh, well for you i'm i'm like tony but more debilitated uh <laughs> i'm pickling stuff these days i uh i got that going for me um i i'm already thinking about i do have a smoker that that I just haven't fired up, and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll do that. I can do that. The sous vide machine is in the house, Tony. Whoop, just whoop. as a heads up, I, it's here. I can, I can go sous vide mashed potatoes anytime I fucking want. <laughs> um, so, the hope of that, I guess, is getting me through it. I will say, with alcohol, I have, um, I am not, I am not drinking. I'm drinking less, I would say, um, than I had pre-quarantine because I'm not going out. But um, I would argue that I have become addicted to purchasing alcohol. Um, I am really enjoying all the different ways I can get alcohol brought to me. Uh, I can get, uh, I, I'm getting, I've gotten beer shipped to me from North Carolina. That's coming to me on, uh, on Thursday. I've, we've tried out Drizzly, uh, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it just will deliver wine from the out liquor store like in an hour. You just have it in your house. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying all these different ways it shows up and then it just sits here cause I'm not drinking that much. So, but it is fun to get it. Um, so that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much how I'm getting through it is buying booze, not really drinking it so much. So online shopping is helping you get through this thing. Yeah, I'm liking it. Um, uh, it's, it's great. Next week I am not working. So, uh, you guys can get excited for me to just be like prodding you like with stupid ideas that have come into my head or maybe I will be drinking more next week. Cause I'm not even, I really have nothing going on. So. Okay. Brian, is there anything getting you, getting you through this crisis? Uh, I would say first and foremost, probably my karate journal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Such a dick thing to say for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right um you know what honestly I, I i don't know i mean for me it's almost like a like a like a drug drug addict like it's very much like a like just taking it day to day and trying not to sure. like think about shit too much i am drinking more not like a i shouldn't say i i just start earlier you know, it's not like I'm pounding drinks all day, but instead of like having a drink when I get home from work, uh, I'll have a drink at like, you know, two in the afternoon and then maybe a couple more throughout the course of the evening. So, uh, but I will also say again, and this is because my wife is always bouncing around the house and I just feel uncomfortable just being a fat slob on the couch. Like I'm doing, like, I'm just getting involved in more stuff. So like 
I'm taking walks with my kids and like uh, I bought baseball mitts for like my kids and we're in, you know, going outside and and fucking teaching them how to throw and catch baseballs. And uh, I'm reading and I'm writing and I'm uh, I'm I'm like drawing my my daughter has like this learn how to draw things. So I'm fucking sketching weird ass animals. So just like little (laughs) shit like that is is getting me like through every day and I'm and I'm kind of thinking as much as I would love to just crush my whole DVR and everything on Netflix I am thankful that I have these other like things that I normally would never even think twice about doing uh and uh, yeah. and that's actually been helpful so what you're saying is you're turning into a different version of me right I'm basically like Tony but like way worse uh, no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's already taken by Grim <laughs> yeah I know I, I already hogged that corner get out of here the one thing um, getting me through and it's super dumb because it's not in real life is virtual motorsport um, oh my god <laughs> I know what we've we've got no sport <laughs> you, are you talking about like a like excite bike for the original <laughs> NES is that virtual motorsport <laughs> pretty F0 <laughs> well what we're seeing is a bunch of racing leagues and and stuff going online to at least provide some sort of entertainment it's not real it is fake um, but at least they're continuing to put out a product related to their sport um, and it's dumb and it's silly, but I'm, I'm more excited about it than I thought I would ever be. In fact, I'll sit down and watch it if it's on TV. You know what? It's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that. So, like, uh, you know, there there was uh, like a couple of sports betting sites that I would check out every day. You know, because I had a little bit of a problem, uh, and I've I still like every now and then just check just for nothing else, just to see what what they're doing. And one of them was running a uh, a bracket, like the a March Madness bracket, as voted on by people. Uh, and like you could also, and like you could vote, you could vote on like what the to, like is it going to be over or under 124 between Kansas and Wisconsin, and who's going to win and who's going to cover, what? and the quote unquote winner was whoever got more votes. And I'm like, guys, like I consider myself to be somebody who maybe gambles more than he should, but you guys have a fucking problem if you're if you're voting on if you think the over or under in a completely fictitious game is going to come in, I don't know what to do for you. Like, that's insane. Well, the only, isn't it the only sport being played live right now is like Belarusian uh, football, I believe, soccer. Um, I think that's the only, I think that's the only thing that's active. And there, there like, is, Nevada had, had lines on it still. Uh, oh, for sure. If they've, if they've started bagging it out yet, but um, yeah, you could bet. On there's it. also, recently is this weekend. There's also horse racing and dog racing in certain places where they're right. doing it with no crowd. But if you, yeah, you can bet online on it. And I, I just, I, okay. I don't need to bet that bet. <laughs> no, no. I, really? Um, so, I'm, I'm going to stick up for greyhound racing because we have a greyhound racing track 10 minutes down the road. It is an amazing sport, but you shouldn't bet more than $5. No, it's totally unpredictable. If, if there was a yeah. – I've, I've gone to dog tracks. Listen, my, the, uh, I, I'm my father's child. Of course I've bet on the dogs before, but I was at least there. I wasn't like uh, I wasn't betting on dog racing that was happening, you know, three thousand miles away from me. Like at some <laughs> point, you got to draw some hard lines. 
Well, but if you do get the itch, keep an eye out for sale greyhound racing. You can bet on it still. It's still operating. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I got my eye on that. Um, All right. So we were talking about emptying the DVRs before we uh, split up. Uh, I, I Just to make sure I crystallize this show in amber um, as a, in a very specific moment in time in our lives. Uh, if I haven't done that already. Uh, have we yet? You know, Tony, uh, I asked you this last week. Have you yet um, ventured into the world of Joe Exotic, um, our next president? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm saving it for a day where I'm really depressed, but that day is fast approaching. Wow. Um, well, that will, this will not – I honestly, I do not think it makes you feel better about yourself. It is funny for a while, but it, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't end up feeling uh, exponentially uh, better about the universe, I will say that. Brian, did you, did you get through this yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, Emily and I watched okay. the entire thing. Loved it. It was, I mean, loved it in the same way that we watch, uh, you know, the Atlanta Housewives. It's more right, like, yeah. holy shit, like the, this, like this exists. This is a part of the world and uh, that, you know, that I never, uh, you know, knew uh, existed, didn't necessarily want to know. But I also need to now know everything about it. Right. There's a whole community of people that just buy illicit jungle cats and just keep it around and that, that that's possible that you could like, I could buy, I could have bought a tiger. Uh, like yep. that's yep. completely absurd. And, uh, so, uh, I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, at the same time, it's, there's, there's a level of, uh, of sadness for just humanity across the board. Yeah. It gets real, uh, late on. And, uh, the, I, I was, it was very funny and sort of like the cat had like a King of the Hill type, um, feeling to it for a period at least. Um, and then it, and then it sort of tailed off at the end. Uh, it became a documentary again. You're like, Oh, when the deaths start, that's when it starts right. to get a little dark, but uh, we'll leave it there. Yeah. I don't want to spoiler. McMillions was another one that I give, I'm giving an A to also. So if, if you guys that. are just looking for other shit, yeah, I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed McMillions. Um, so again, that. if you guys are back here in April with the rest of us, um, like I said, we're, we're Jurassic park. I'm, we, our show is the mosquito. We are dipping it in that anger stuff and, uh, preserving it for the rest of time. McMillions is also a thing you could watch. And I learned a lot and I, I'm, you know, the only controversial thing I'll say is that I, I think I think the East Coast has some kind of inbreeding thing going on because there's everybody's just looking to me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so now I'm in trouble. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this was fun, Brian. Thanks for hopping on. I apologize yeah, as usual for my questionable audio situation, but um, ah, fuck it, I don't apologize. Who cares? I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, I'm excited for next week, Tony, because we know we're unveiling our our one up. Um, we, we had to one up everybody else. We will be presenting our new segment, Thirty One Days of Karate. <laughs> so get excited for that, gang. Um, we'll be back next week with some. Uh, some journaling, um, more beers, <laughs> more beer selections, more weird, uh, um, more more beers with oranges. And this one does taste a lot like vanilla. Um, Brian, you have any last words for our uh, captive audience here? No, thank you. Cap captive being the <laughs> operative word. 
Tony, any words of wisdom, whatever else you were going to say? Don't come to me for wisdom. Look how you, your life's turning out when you're modeling it on me. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever you're doing is keeping me in the house, so it seems to have worked for you for 35 years. So. 